Hello, this is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we've got a ton of exciting rock stories, dinosaur stories, gemstone stories, treasure, gold mines, and so much more, guys. Stay tuned. On the first part of the journey, I was looking at Radical Rocks. There were fossils, minerals, and rocks and things. There were sand and hills and rings. The first thing I found was a geocrystals. Quartz with no clouds. Agate was hot and the ground was hard. But the gems were there to be found. See, I've been through the desert, found a rock with no name. Felt good to have in my hand. In the desert... That's right, guys. Radical rocks are everywhere. Thank you for tuning in. I'm running late again this week. I've had um, a lot of late jobs, jobs that ran late in the evening, so wasn't able to get the podcast out to you again on Monday or Tuesday as typical, but uh, glad to have one for you now. You are going to be blown away by all the great stuff we got. Giant millipede, the biggest bug ever found in history. This thing is eight over eight feet long. You want to hear about that. A really cool dino embryo that was found the best ever, as uh, what they're saying. A treasure trove of jewels and stuff found in the Mediterranean uh, shipwrecks. Even a gold ring that uh, has a Jesus symbol on it. Amazing. Jade mine. We've got jade news. One mine was collapsed. Another one is a story about new jade that we can uh, look at in the uh, Guatemala jade. Very high quality, very nice. We've got a story about how do you build a rare collection, four reasons to own uh, pearls, Whiskey Creek agate update, um, a nice trip to go get geodes at the cinnamon, hauser beds, and potato patch, Joe Wheeler, Silver and Gold Mine. We got to talk about quartzite, guys. We got to talk about quartzite. That is our Mecca. That is our Sturgis. That is the place we want to go. And uh, there's so much more, guys. So we're going to get right into it. Get this information out to you and these stories. A new dinosaur egg was discovered in China. Um, Go to people.com. People.com, and you will find the article, Baby Dinosaur Discovered Coiled Inside a 70-Million-Year-Old Fossilized Egg by Natasha Dado. Um, And they have a description of what this creature looked like. They feel it is a real link between uh, dinosaurs and birds, only because of the way it is in the egg. So usually when an egg is fossilized, There's just parts and fractions and pieces. It's not complete. This one, they've got the whole spine. They've got the tail, the skull, the the arms or wings, what have you. Um, And it looks like a bird to me, but they're saying this is uh, a complete preserved skeleton, embryonic skeleton, it is a, has similarities between the pteropod dinosaurs and birds, according to an article published by the Journal of Eye Science. And um, the head lies ventral to the body with the feet on either side and the back curled at a blunt pole 
of the egg. A posture previously unrecognized in non-avian dinosaur, but uh, reminiscent of the late-stage modern bird embryo, read a summary of the study. Pretty cool. So if you want to find out more about that, you can look that up. Um, Nebraska finds some key minerals at apnews.com. You can look at that article under that title by Josh Funk. And he talks about all these wonderful minerals that have been found that uh, help make aluminum and steel stronger. These are ones that we need for uh, to keep United States dependent from foreign suppliers of critical uh, minerals, which actually the United States actually rewards people and funds people, supposedly, who are able to have these minerals. They don't know if that's going to happen. Um, Nebraska mine here needs uh, some investors, which investors are kind of shy to do it because they're not sure that the government is going to even allow this and share the cost as uh, as would be hoped, I guess, in this situation with these minerals. But this is a mining company, um, Niocorp's plan, N-I-O-C-O-R-P-S. Their plans are to try and get this done. It's at Elk Creek, Nebraska, in the United States of America. They have found many um, strategic metals there, very critical to making hardened steel and aluminum. And uh, these are primarily produced from China, Philippines, Russia, Canada, and Kazakhstan. So there's plenty of it out there, but the U.S. wants to have uh, kind of its own supply so that it, uh, because it's strategic, they consider this strategic. That's why they do that. So every country that is uh, uh, a major power will probably want to have strategic metals, I would guess. Okay? Now, Whiskey Creek Agate. I talked about this. You can go to the website, Rare Rocks and, the word and, A-N-D, gems.com, and he's got an article here on this Whiskey Creek Agate, a new discovery in Idaho, and Scott... um, is the original person who discovered this some 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. He started collecting a lot of the float. It was quite an area that he was at. He was in an area that uh, had not burned in years because the sage was immense in that area. He looked up the canyon, didn't find anything, and ended up going up these rough rock canyons. It looks a lot like... um, the Ahi Jasper, but it's in a complete different area, not nearby that where you would think. And uh, they quote other areas such as the Haystack Butte Jasper, which comes from Oregon, um, and other minerals that this looks like. Guys, you got to go to this website and check this out. This stuff is spectacular. I've described it before. It's like a Bruno Jasper, but yet there's all kinds of other things going on in here with some brocaded um, greens and browns and reds and yellows and creams, and then the brown, and there's orbs, all kinds of orbs and scenes and mountains and clouds. Um, just really some amazing, spectacular stuff. So what happened was... Um, a friend called up, um, I'm not sure what his name is, but a friend called 
up the guy who is now selling this and has the um, the claim on this and said he wanted to claim it. And they've got samples, pictures of the samples of some of these rocks that they found at the bottom of the page. And there's several different pages on this where they found this jasper. They headed up the creek to a flat area. They found some of these nodules. Just amazing, beautiful stuff. And then finally they've claimed it, and now they've started to dig it just in 2020-21. They put the first batch up to sell. Now they had all kinds of obstacles to get over trying to figure out how to get an excavator up there. Um, it was a different formation than what he was familiar with digging, so he got some advice on how to dig this out um, carefully with an excavator. And uh, now they should be selling this and releasing this from time to time. And the last time they released it for sale, I'm on their email list. It went lightning fast and uh, very quick. It was gone. And uh, it wasn't super cheap. It was, uh, you know, it was, it was affordable for the average American to, to buy a, a few pieces. But I don't, I don't want to, you know, put the prices out there. You'll have to go look at that yourself, Okay. So a really cool story. If you want to check that out, I would highly recommend it. The Collector's Eye, starting to build a collection of modern gems, well, modern jewels. Beth Bernstein uh, wrote the article. You can go to Forbes.com and look it up under that title. And this is an interesting article. I won't go into it much, but if you're interested in collecting jewelry as investment, you really need to find a niche, right? Or a niche, however you want to say it. Tomato, tomato, potato, patata, right? Okay, so let's say you're, you've heard of Art Deco, right? Anything Art Deco is typically pretty collectible. Anything Tiffany during the Art Deco times, very worthwhile investment uh, for the most part as far as I am aware. So there are just certain things that are just awesome, to invest in. And then there's things that aren't, right? So I invested in baseball cards because it was fun. I didn't do it to make money, but as I was investing in the baseball cards, I saw some of them skyrocket in price. So I tried to accumulate ones that were valuable. Well, what I found was that the market actually went backwards and a lot of those cards are no longer worth what they once were with these hot players. And when the economy is... is uh, going under extreme inflation as it has been the last um, almost 12 months, even though, you know, that's not the mainstream thought, there's nobody that denies we're not in a, at least a phase of inflation. When that happens, um, people don't collect, you know, a lot of stuff. A lot of collectibles become just garbage, really, honestly. I don't know how else to put it. So you have to find a niche, you know, like if you buy a Babe Ruth card, um, chances are that's probably not going to go down if it's one of the key cards. Just like with coins, you buy certain key coins or key stamps, American postage stamp, you get the key one, the cream of the crops, you know, the top 10 rarest ones or the top maybe 20 that are just kind of a little bit outside. Most people are not going to spend quite that much money to buy it. If you're average kind of media income type person, um, but you know maybe something you could actually buy for a few tens of thousands of dollars that could be up on the rise. So you need to find that niche, and 
the niche of modern collecting is what this article goes over. They talk about some of these new styles. They have this rainbow uh, bracelet that's made up of all spectacular gemstones. They talk about who the artists are. The artists are very important. Like when you're buying Native American jewelry, you want to make sure you have a good artist. Um, if you have an artist who has a, a wonderful history and his work is starting to become valuable and he's getting quite up there in years, that is somebody too also that you could look at buying some of their jewelry. Or if they've passed away and they're well-known and you find a good deal on a, a really beautiful piece, that might be a decent investment. But here they talk about this artist making this rainbow bracelet of jewels. It's got rubies and and sapphires and emeralds and citrines and probably um, all sorts of, it, it's just a whole spectrum of uh, colors on it. It's really quite beautiful by Stephanie Wink, creative director and, um, and uh, jewelry maker there. And then there's also Kathy Waterman, who makes some beautiful gold hand-painted um, bracelets and rings, which are quite gorgeous. If you want to check those out, it looks like an eyeball. It's all made out of uh, just diamonds. It's all these uh, colored diamonds, ethically sourced diamonds. If you're um, looking to be ethical, that's what she says they are. Emily P. Wheeler also has these dazzling uh, purple-pink earrings with 13 karat gold uh, unicorn hoops, they're called, you know, very hoop, tr uh, very trendy and hip. And they have several of these trendy, uh, mostly rainbow type uh, jewelry, quite decadent with gold and gemstones in them. But uh, some of these are only a few thousand dollars and could stand to go up in value because of the time. It's it's a time stamp, right? These, these artists... Um, are just starting to get their wares out there in the last so many years. So this could be a niche market. Do your research, make your own decision. I certainly don't give investing advice. The mysterious hidden gym attraction in Illinois you never knew existed. If you go to onlyinyourstate.com and you look that up, Melissa Mahoney is telling us that there's hidden gyms in the Prairie State of Illinois. There's uh, some of the gemstone gems are restaurants and waterfalls, but some of them are um, like mineral places or museums. So this museum happens to be at the Dave's Down to Earth Rock Shop. Certainly not uh, endorsement or advertisement. I'm just passing this information on to you because I found it and thought it was interesting. Dave's Down to Earth Rock Shop has a uh, triceratop head skull figure on its sign outside. It's quite a showroom, and they have a lot of information about these rocks and minerals and displays. Of course, they're in there to make money, but they have fossils and dinosaurs from China and um, sea trilobites and legal American fossils as well. You can look at this page at onlyinyourstate.com and look that up and see all these wonderful creatures and you can even buy some of these for your own collection. Now, four reasons why you should own pearls. Uh, this was a staff writer at Salon Private Magazine. At salonprivatemag.com, you can find out what these four reasons are. Well, first of all, 
it's an investment that's wearable. Um, I haven't seen a lot of men wearing pearls, but I guess anything is possible in today's world. Maybe there is a nice pearl uh, jewelry for men. I haven't seen one. I didn't look one up, but also it is sustainable, right? Pearls are an organic material. They're created by these uh, crustaceans in the sea and uh, can be made over and over again without digging up the whole earth. These are commercially harvested. Um, also, you have sentimental value. Uh, they're classy and timeless, the article goes on to say. And the final thoughts are, um, it does say this is, uh, it says, uh, whether worn on your neck, wrist, pearls radiate in allure and have a special place in a woman's jewelry box. They add a touch of glamour and elegance suitable for any occasion, and best of all, environmentally friendly, making them one of the most irresistible sought-after gemstones. Also can be perfect for an heirloom, reflecting a special bond you and your family can pass on for future generations. And there's a lot of color variety, too, I would say. You know, there's a lot of different colors in pearls now. You can get yellow pearls, white pearls, brown pearls, black pearls. Um, I've even heard of reddish hues. There's pink pearls. Very beautiful. Some are fresh water and salt water. So consider pearls. Um, be careful how you clean them. They are organic. They can dissolve in certain cleaning agents, so please be careful. Now, Miramar. Oh, boy. Bad news. This is the jade capital of the world. They had a landslide. Uh, unfortunately, they said here in this article one day ago that there is 100 missing people. Uh, BBC.com. They have the article there. They have the picture. There was a huge landslide. Very sad. Rescue teams are there. I read another article that said there was up to 25 that were missing for sure um, that they knew of. So there's conflicting stories on this, but uh, very sad. Um, and, and a lot of times, like the last time they had another landslide like this, it was actually caused because they were piling up tailings. A bunch of water built up, it broke free, and just buried the people below. So, you know, it's just so sad. I know they're trying to talk about getting some better mining conditions up there. These people are really impoverished. They're desperate. Um, they're migrants that walk and hike, you know, uh, 100 or more miles. I've heard many stories of people hiking in 40 miles to do this and then coming back once they find something. Very, very sad. Um yeah, a lot, of, a lot of crime and stuff goes on in here. We've got another Jade story that's a little bit more encouraging. But I want to tell you <coughs> about Israel. Israel archaeologist uh, finds a treasure trove among a Mediterranean shipwrecks. Uh, at theguardian.com, uh, the article's there. You can read about it. They found hundreds of Roman and medieval coins and artifacts uncovered near the ancient city of Caesarea, a very biblical area. Um, there is a gemstone they found in a gold ring. It's quite striking with the figure of the good shepherd discovered on it. Um, wow. Two shipwrecks have been found, a treasure trove of hundreds of medieval silver coins. The ancient city of Caesarea were dated to 1700 and 600 years ago, archaeologists said the Roman silver and bronze coins date to the mid third uh, century as well as 500 silver coins from the Middle Ages found in the sediment. This is a beautiful area of blue waters, 
They were found during an underwater survey by Israeli Antiquities Authority marine archaeologists during the last two months. They found uh, figurines, bells, creamyx, metal artifacts that once belonged to ships, and nails from a shattered iron anchor, and so much more. They have many pictures of the gemstones here, but this Roman uh, gold ring is extra, is something special. Um, this is a gold ring with the symbol, with the Jesus symbol among the treasure trove found in the ancient shipwreck of Israel, so says cbsnews.com under that title. They talk about it. It is 1,700 years old, a proper, uh, a pro, a, can't talk right, approximately. It is a thick octagonal gold ring with a green gemstone that has the figure, and it looks blue in the picture, by the way, a figure of the good shepherd in the form of a young shepherd with a tunic and a ram or a sheep across his shoulder. This ring depicts Jesus, very popular during the time of early Christianity, most likely worn by a woman, a very spectacular find. Uh, you want to check this out. Pretty cool. Now, the giant, most biggest bug ever found, this thing is enormous. It was found in England. The fossil of a giant millipede in England reveals the biggest bug that ever lived by Kate Hunt. You can find this at https semicolon backslash backslash seven news.com.au. And you are going to find out all about this giant creature over eight and a half feet long. This whopper um, probably weighed about 110 pounds, uh, 50 kilograms, that is. 2.5 meters long, 50 centimeters wide, which about 1920 inches thick. This fossil was found in northern England. It is the biggest bug that ever lived, paleontologists say. Discovered January 2018. This is the first time I've heard about it. Fallen from a cliff in the beach of Hornwick Bay in Northumberland. Pretty cool. The rock just cracked open, exposed the fossil. This baby had over a thousand legs, making it a true millipede, according to uh, other articles that I read and didn't get out earlier in the week. They must have eaten a very nutritious diet to get this size. Researchers think the fossilized skeleton was likely a molted segment of an exoskeleton that was filled with sand that preserved it. Finding these giant millipede fossils is rare because they died. Their bodies tend to um, fall apart at the joints, so it's likely that this is a molted uh, piece and that shows that the animal continued to grow even bigger than that. Wow, they haven't found the head, but everything else. So this thing must have been giant. Um, pretty cool, and you can check that out. All right, next. Let's see. Pink diamonds. If you go to jewelermagazine.com under the article News Pink Diamonds, you can find out about these beautiful pink diamonds. They have them with the rough diamonds. You can see the crystallization of the formation of these things. It's triangular on two of them, and the other ones are another shape, which is kind of hard to make out. But the Carolyn Diamond Resources has reported pink diamonds are present in the 
Lato Joker deposit, while pink diamonds account for less than 5% of the Australian Argyle's mine diamonds have yield it generally roughly 50% of the revenue. Wow. So less than 5% are pink, but yet that makes up 50% of the revenue. That's because they're so darn expensive. Pink diamonds have been discovered in Finland. The Carolina Diamond Resources, KDS, has reportedly discovered a deposit uh, which a company aims to develop as Europe's first diamond mine outside of Russia. Wow, beautiful. Pink diamonds are quite gorgeous, the ones they have here. They are looking at the estimated deposit value being $225 million um, with a nine-year life. They found the Kim, uh, Kimberlite pipe. That's the, the volcanic under-pressure pipe where diamonds are typically formed in uh, Finland. And there it is. They're digging. They have a map. They have a video. If you want to find out more about that, just go to jewelermagazine.com and look up news period pink diamonds, and that should pop up. Now, this bird is sticking its tongue out at you. What's so weird about that? Well, I'll tell you. Um, Kate Bagley on popsci.com, P-O-P-S-C-I.com, says this 120 million year old bird could stick its tongue out. Well, guess what? Most birds can't stick their tongue out. They do not have that ability. Their tongues don't come out. They maybe go back a little bit, but they don't go out. But this bird, accordingly, is not making fun of you when it sticks out its tongue. But in northeastern China, there was a bird that may have had the ability to stick its tongue out. Um, I know hummingbirds do. I mean, that's how they get the nectar out. So I, I don't know. I, I guess a hummingbird is a separate type of creature. But uh, this bird is an unusual find and had the unusual ability to stick its tongue out. Complete near skeleton of the ancient bird uh, on December 1st. Extremely elongated tongue attachment bones, which suggests the bird could protrude its tongue from its mouth, which it would be able to do to get some morsels, much like hummingbirds. So if you want to find out more about this interesting creature, you can go there and find out. Woodpeckers are the extreme, uh, it says. And their tongues are so long, they actually wrap around the top of their heads and even enter one of their nostrils. Of course, they're picking their nose with their tongue, right? Interesting. So, I guess they don't find a lot of these in ancient fossils. That must be what they're relating to when they talk about the rarity of it. Well, now they have them. Let's talk about Guatemalan jade. Would you like to find out about Guatemalan jade? Well... Guatemalan Jade's Rock and Jim. If you go to rock, the letter N, jim.com, they send me emails and they give me this information free. I subscribe to their magazine because it's a great magazine. Guatemalan Mines, Jade Mines Explained. Um, I'm not seeing an author yet, but I will tell you if I see one. It says Guatemalan Jade here is very rare. Um, it does come in many colors. And it was rediscovered, had been lost for years. In fact, if you find out about like the Mayans and all the jade and turquoise that they used, uh, there was a, always a mystery. Where did they get their jade? You know, 
um, because there wasn't a lot of developed jade mines. Now, we know turquoise was ran over from uh, the southwest of the United States all the way to these Mayan uh, Aztec areas, but where did the jade come from? Well, it was rediscovered about 50 years ago, and they found it. They found where it was coming from, and now there is quite a mining of this mineral. Um, in Mexico and Central America, the Mayan civilization stretched over what is today Guatemala, Belize, southern Mexico, and western regions of Honduras and El Salvador. Now, these areas were jungle covered, and that's why the jade was lost for such a long period of time. But now, these masks that were adorned with jade and all these things that we could think of that we've seen, the beautiful artwork that they had, has been discovered where it is. It is very valuable. It is a green jade, which is, to the Mayan, very precious. It's life-giving. It is sacred. Um, and the green symbolizes crops and fertility. Uh, fertility rather. Jade was valued because of its durability and ability to take a high polish. They have some jade here that actually has blue in it. It's inspired by the Mayan ancient world. Um, this jade uh, was carved by... It doesn't say, but uh, the author, I guess. I don't know why I don't see the author's name here. I always give credit to whoever wrote this, but it just says by administration. So if I see a name at the bottom, I'll, I'll let you know. But I kind of scanned this pretty quickly. But anyway, the author has done a Mayan-inspired lavender jadeette. Wow. I mean, it is just, it's awesome. Totally different and awesome. He talks about nephrite, which is a... Um, Fiber-like crystals and minerals. It is uh, like a tenolite. It is a type of jade, but jadeite is the really hard, beautiful type that is usually much more valuable. It is harder. It polishes better uh, and such. So you want that type if you're looking for the one with the most value, but they're both wonderful. Um, there's also another type of jade, which is kind of a half jadeite, half dopsite. Uh, and it is called um, Omphrasite, uh, O-M-P-H-A-S-I-T-E, and it comes from uh, Hong Kong. And then there's also a um, dark uh, chlormlinite, which is another type. It is intermediate between jadeite and uh, achmite is what it says. So they talk about the jade origins they talk about the Guatemalan jade colors, which is what we want to concentrate concentrate on. A magnificent variety of jadeite color is now mined in Guatemala. Jadeite is every shade of green, is collected from light mint to saturated dark, also found in white, creamy yellow, lavender, or lilac. Green and white molted variety is known as Mayan foliage. The rarest of all is the bright Translucent imperial jade. Blue jade is another very rare color. Jade boulders of different colors can be found side by side in the field. Boulders can contain various colors. Also discovered is a sacred variety known as galactic gold, a deep black jade that has flecks of precious metals, silver, nickel, cadmium, pyrite, platinum, and gold. They have a carving that was done by Helen Saris hyphen Herman which is made of this material, quite beautiful. Guatemalan jade is granular with greasy luster, about hardness of seven on the Mohs scale. 
pretty cool. They talk about mining the jade. Um, they talk about how the mine, how the jade was lost. Uh, again, you know, the Spanish conquest, they probably hit it and uh, it grew over and uh, now they know where it's at. They have a picture of one of the death masks here that is really, really cool. Unbelievable. They have the whole story of the rediscovery here of Mayan lapidary and so much more. So go check that out. Um, rockandjim.com backslash Guatemalan hyphen jade hyphen should take you right to the article if you want to go there. Then that is a HTTPS semicolon backslash backslash www.rock the letter N or no, this is yeah, rockinjim.com backslash Guatemalan hyphen jade hyphen. Check it out. All right, mining reform pulled from Build Back Better Bill. Um, again, this this comes in, I think, a day after the other article I read about Nebraska finding all those strategic metals. They're all mineable. They can't get anybody to invest in it because they're afraid that the government is going to go back on their promise to fund this. And sure enough, I found an article here at uh, elcodaily.com where it says that it all the um, stuff that was supposed to help the Green New Deal mining of rare strategic metals that are needed for this new green um, thing that we're going to have of electric cars and everything, all that the funding was basically pulled from that. So uh, you can go look that up if that's something that interests you. Now, Joe Wheeler Gold and Silver Mine. Now, I subscribe to the Junior Miners Report. He sells mines and gives good articles. Um, a lot of times he talks about old mines. This time he didn't. He forwarded uh, a mine from the Gold Rush Expeditions, and it's actually for sale. I'm not trying to advertise for him, but I'm trying to keep a little gold and silver mining in every episode, and I thought this would be a nice one to share with you about the Joe Wheeler Mine. This is a property, if you're interested in it, I guess you can go to goldrushexpeditions.com and check it out. Again, I'm not recommending you buy it. I'm not trying to sell it. I'm just sharing the information with you. The Joe Wheeler Miner uh, Mineral Property is a gold and silver mine in the Alder Creek District. Uh, rich in silver deposits and easy working, the district was immortalized by Zane Gray in his book, The Border Legion, where a large portion of the book takes place with the miners working at the Alder Creek area. Um, the property is made up of three main mines with other portholes and air vents throughout. The mines are cut on a general trend that tends to show more uh, calcarite and ores, gold ores, as it descends. The lowest portion on the property is known as the Joe Wheeler Mine. It's an audit that extends approximately 175 feet. The port has been closed with some effort to reopen wet seasons. There's water in there that discharges from this porthole, originally known as the Golden Wave prior to 1900, the year 1900. It presumably, presumably intersects with shafts that are 375 feet up the hillside from this porthole. Also, two small audits both collapse directly in line with Joe Wheeler Mine that is assumed to intersect with the upper levels of the mine as noted in historical mining reports. The mining camp is just east of Joe Wheeler Audit, the camp is rather 
substantial for the location contains an explosive storage shed, bunkhouse, big enough for eight to ten individuals. The building is built around 1920 to 1940, built based on windows and the method of the logs. Near the northern end of the claim, in the most recent development on the Joe Wheeler site, a head frame and a hoist house, about 1960 to 1980, sits over a timbered shaft. The shaft is gated by the divisions of mine and reclamation that can be accessed with an exploration permit. The shaft is filled with stagnant water. This includes the shaft uh, that, excuse me, this indicates the shaft does not intersect with the Joe Wheeler audit below. There's a blockage somewhere between the two mines. Either option will require a new operator to take care of reopening the workings, drill program, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, this was a really uh, extensive gold mine in that area. Pretty cool. If you want to check that out, you can. All right. How about a new agate find? Yes, in August of 2021 at mindat.org. It's M-I-N-D-A-T dot org. Um, you can see some pictures of this beautiful agate. It is of the Chalcedony type. Um, the gentleman here is Steve Ewens, and he said uh, he was in northwest Nevada, found a large deposit of agate in Chalcedony, which looks much like Crazy Lace, and other specimens have dendritic uh, patterns and designs. So it looks like uh, as you scroll down and other people are chiming in on this stream here, you can see many pictures of different varieties of discoveries. There's also some uh, jasper that uh, looks like Willow Creek jasper here that is posted by Steve Ewens, who makes a comment on the pastel colors and patterns and um, other varieties of rocks and minerals. He's got a picture of the dendric with a white background of uh, some of this chalcedony agate. And uh, there's, he's got a picture of an old uh, shed there, so it looks like it's near a claim. Some of it has some reds in it. Quite pretty, um, very interesting. And uh, I guess you could contact him if you want to find out more about this. Mindat.org, just look up New Agate Find, and you will find that article. All right. Now, last but not least, the Quartzite Report, guys. I'm going to give you the Quartzite Report. If you want to see this, go to rvtravel.com. Look up the Quartzite Report. The Quartzite Show is scheduled and QZ uh, Statistics by Russ D. Maris. And you can check it out. Um, what they basically have here is a calendar of the dates. January 1st through the 28th, you've got the Desert Gardens Rock, Gym, and Mineral Show, claiming to be the largest international rock, gym, and mineral show in Quartzite. Um, all the information's there. There's a link for the website. Then the Tyson Wells Rock and Gym Show. This is the one you're going to likely see off the freeway. You will see the signs. You will see all the stands. Um, this is January 7th through the 6th. Now, the one that's my favorite is the Pow Wow. The QIA Pow Wow Gym and Mineral Show, January 19th through 23rd. Traditionally, this is mostly real rock hounds, guys. Real miners that are out there in the mines. 
Um, people from all over the world I've met there, but uh, it's pretty cool. If you want to get your rough stuff, that's what I would suggest looking at for sure. Don't miss it, January 19th through 23rd. And then the 21st through the 30th, you've got the Tyson Wells Cellarama. This has more than rocks and minerals. Um, they got a little bit of everything there. And then January 22nd through the 30th, you've got the Sports Vacation and RV Show. Um, not too much rocks there. The Tyson Wells Arts and Crafts Show uh, is February 4th through the 13th. And then on the 11th through the 13th, you've got the Quartzite Gold Show for our gold bugs there. And there will likely be a few rock hounds there as well. So there you go. And with that, guys, I think we are going to call it a wrap. Thank you for coming by. Look us up on social media, Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, um, our YouTube. We're almost up to 1,000 subscribers. Just look up Radical Rocks, and we're going to be the first ones to pop up, most likely. Remember, rock hounds don't die, they petrify. <laughs>